Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Ingenuity Show has the weirdest stuff. The Ingenuity Show. Nerdy show. <laughs> Sorry, my, I'm still going through puberty. Did we need to give you more than a five <laughs> second count in? No, that was plenty of time. I just my voice decided to do weird things. <laughs> well, welcome anyway. I'm Mr. Pold. I'm St. Jimmy. Hi, David. Hey, Whoa, that was loud <laughs> and inappropriate. Oh, yeah. Is it? Oh, no. Sorry. I'm DVD. Our fake sponsor this week is Mountain Abbey. This historical drama follows the lives of the Tate family and their kin in the family's backwoods Appalachian house. Yeehaw! Get along. <laughs> well, what's been going on, fellers? Well, I, my wife and I went on an anniversary trip last weekend. Mm, happy anniversary. Thank you. Happy weekend. Six years. Whoa. Yep. Means I'm turning um, old. <laughs> you've been old for a while. Well. <laughs> um, we went to Mount Rainier, which is in Washington State. It's rainier than other mountains, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't rain while we were there, though. Oh. Lucky. It's on the it's on the list of the most dangerous volcanoes in the world. Whoa! If it were to erupt, I guess it'd wipe out Seattle. I don't know. Well, I thought you were saying it had like a high crime rate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of muggings. No, but there were a lot of ground squirrels mugging for the camera. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw some pictures from it. Yeah, I made a Facebook reel of all the animals that we I took pictures of. Well, I think half the animals were fake, so... No, they're real. <laughs> yeah, so we drove up on a Friday, and then Saturday we went hiking, 
to a couple places. Um, first, we tried to hike to a waterfall that was pretty close to our lodge we were staying in. Um, but we were not successful in finding the waterfall. <laughs> I had two different maps going on on my phone. One was Google Maps, so it showed our location, but it didn't show the trail that went up to the waterfall. It just showed like the main trail that goes along the highway and the parking lot. And then another map showed the trail we were trying to find, but it didn't show our location on the map. <laughs> I've double mapped it before. <laughs> and so we ended up to a spot where there was an actual sign that said, you know, straight ahead for whatever trail. And then it pointed left for the waterfall trail, but there was no trail to the left. <laughs> and so we looked down the main trail a little ways and it forked off a little bit. So I'm like, well, maybe it, it means that trail. So we started on that trail. And I'm like, all right, if this is the right trail, it's, it's going to, you know, do a dog leg and take us back around, you know, the other direction. And we it kept cow going and oh. going, and it never, never, never turned. turned. <laughs> and so I was looking at the maps again, and where we were in relation to, you know, the different landmarks I could find. We were way off. We were never going to get to it heading that direction. And uh, so anyway, we we did find the little stream that is fed by the waterfall. And it was completely dry. So I'm betting the waterfall wasn't even running. <laughs> so we gave up on it. They turn the trail off when the waterfall's not working. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> just flips over. Yeah. <laughs> so then we did a hike that was on um, on a ridge closer to Mount Rainier. It's called Sourdough Ridge. And the first part's super steep. Um, but then it goes for like a mile and a half along this ridge with great views of the mountain and stuff. And it ends up at this lake called Frozen Lake, which mm. wasn't frozen, and it really mm. wasn't much of a lake. <laughs> Disappointing. And you weren't allowed to get close to it. They had fences everywhere. Like public drinking supply or something was on all these signs. Huh. So I climbed the signs and peed in it. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> no, we kept our distance. Um, so then we, you know, we'd hiked pretty far for our old legs. <laughs> so we decided instead of heading back directly the way we came, we would take another trail that would take like two miles to get back. Like two and a quarter miles to get back, but it was a different route. And so we ended up hiking almost four miles, I think. Hmm. But Cool. It was fun. I saw lots of animals. We saw, I think it was a grouse and her babies. Oh, cool. Could have been that, or I thought it was either a grouse or a female pheasant. Oh. But Were you pheasantly surprised? <laughs> I was a little bit groused that I couldn't tell what kind of bird it was. <laughs> I think grouse um, are a little fatter. 
it was pretty fat. So I was thinking I was leaning toward grouse. Um, also saw a marmot. Um, he was a little bit further off the trail and I tried to get him to like look over so I could get a profile picture of him, you know, mm-hmm. picture of him in profile, not for his Facebook name. page. His name was Duke. <laughs> marmot Duke. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was wondering I, like, if you got grouse bumps. Oh, I did when I saw them. Nice. So anyway, I clicked my tongue really loud and it did look up, but it looked away from me. So it's stupid. They're not, <laughs> they're not very smart, but. And then the ground squirrels, they would just be standing on the side of the trail and like posing for people to take pictures of them. <laughs> Which. I found what I found amazing was how many people walked past the squirrel and didn't even notice him. Mm. I felt kind of bad for him because yeah. he was sitting there like posing and people just walked right past. There was like three years That's of people rude. that walked past without even looking at him. But jerks. <laughs> what does a squirrel have to do to get some attention? I know. Um, well, I, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, we, uh, I felt like we were pretty smart because when we bought snacks at the snack thing, I put my snacks in my wife's backpack and then she put her snacks in mine. Mm. Oh, so that you way, get to them. Yeah, that way you don't have to take your pack off. That's smart. To grab the snacks. So <laughs> then the next day, Sunday, we did some off-roading. Noise. But it wasn't technical at all, but it was pretty fun. So it wasn't was a, technically off-roading? <laughs> well, what counts as off-roading? Do you have to use a... Oh, I think your tires have to go recovery off gear. Okay, yes. well then I was off-roading. I didn't have to use any recovery gear. <laughs> um, there's a, there was a forest road really close to our lodge that we stayed at. And it was six miles up to... 5,400 feet elevation. And so it was a very narrow and steep road. Um, And it took us about an hour to get up there. (laughs) So it's going about 10 miles an hour. Um, About a quarter of the way up, we saw a guy on a bicycle (laughs) that was riding up the trail on his bicycle well he got off when we approached but uh we saw him on our way back down maybe like two-thirds of the way up oh (laughs) but um there i guess there's a camping site at the top so we may discuss that if you need a place for your next year's camping trip (laughs) we'll have to go scout it out yeah, it looks like um, if you go earlier in the season, you might need to bring your chainsaw. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of there was a lot of fresh trees that had obviously been cut out of the way. Um, yeah, usually when we do our scouting, like Memorial Weekend, we bring the chainsaw and yeah. frequently yeah. use it. And there could be snow at that point. Mm. I don't have a snow saw yet, but <laughs> look for one. Yeah, so the the thing I was worried the most about going up there was somebody coming the other direction because of how narrow most of the 
trails mm. were. Um, but when I did pass somebody, it was on a wide spot, so it was no big deal. But I had to justify bringing my truck on the trip somehow, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. But it was a lot of fun. There's a hot well, good. The place. Ooh, fancy. Place to soak cars sore muscles after the long hike. Yeah. It is nice. I had some interesting wildlife interactions today. Oh. We were out doing our walk with our backpacks at mm-hmm. the park and we saw a cute little bunny. Aw. My other interaction was with a bat. Not Guess so cute. where I ran into that guy? In your bathroom. Uh, nope. Garage. Negative. Car. Feel free. Not even close. Backpack. Nope. Albertsons. <laughs> Getting closer, I guess. Walmart? No, I was at work. Wendy's. In my office. Oh, in your office. Yeah, so... Is it Halloween work. already? It's getting close. My office is in this huge machine shop, and then we're in an office inside there. And they had the doors at either end open just for ventilation because it was nice temperature out. Mm. And all of a sudden, this bat's just doing laps. Our office has like 10 desks. And uh, that's about how big it is. The bat? And no, the office. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the sucker just came in and was doing laps just I'm barely sure over the throw? cubicle walls. Did you and throw a frisbee at it? He did probably like 15 laps. He was in there for quite a while. He's got to get his reps in, like, you know. I can't yeah. imagine the machine, machines are very good for his um, echolocation. <laughs> probably not. But he eventually went out the door he came in. and He was just looking we, around. We shut the doors after that. <laughs> he was a spy <laughs> but, bat. Yeah, the first time I've had a bat at work. That's weird. That's funny. Was he an authorized visitor? No, he was not badged. <laughs> you should have badged him. Staple I don't. I'm other. not much of a badger. <laughs> <laughs> Throw a badger at him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, before the podcast, I had a fantasy football draft for my office. Oh. I've been retired for several years. Um, decided to retire, I guess, and participate and try to be friendly and nice. Uh-huh. Um, Tell us how I it turned out. Okay. <laughs> I think I got like the the fifth pick overall. The you first drafted, round was you only drafted kickers, right? Yeah. No, I got started Patrick Mahomes. Oh, okay. Um, solid. Can't remember what running back was. I got the Vikings running Adrian back. Adrian Peterson. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I should have drafted him. Seneca Wallace. <laughs> He's my backup quarterback. Barry uh, he's, the, he's the announcer I drafted. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. Anyways, I was going to pick my backup quarterback as the Vikings, and then the person right before me was set to auto-pick, and they auto-picked the quarterback I was going to get. Uh, like, right before me. Uh, that's a weak way to do it, auto-picking. I know. Well, they put a <laughs> poll out. Who could participate on which days? I was like, oh, we're just doing it online. We can't like a party and that's what the most fun the is, is having a party. Yeah. I don't even care if we like then follow the teams. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. So I had to unretire my Monty Python's football team. Chinese football team. Um, cool. It was funny. He, in the meeting, he was talking about, yeah, uh, we had a meeting where he, I, I introduced Dungeons and Dragons at mine where I ran the meeting. This is a new kid that ran the meeting, and he talked about fantasy football and then said he was going to start a league, so we signed mm-hmm. up whatever. Um, but he talked about how in the early days of fantasy football, they used to have to, like, find the scores and calculate mm-hmm. them themselves. I was like, I did that as a yes. league commissioner back in 98. <laughs> Guess I'm old. Um, and then right before I, you were born. Oh, just kidding. Before the podcast, about half hour, I was kind of irate and angry. Oh, good. Um, because <laughs> back when we moved into our house, I we went and bought a refrigerator and a chair, an office chair, and then I bought what I thought was a set of stand-up desk legs. So they mm. delivered them. They were sit-down desk legs. Nope, I stuck them in my closet thinking, okay, when I get the top of the desk done, I will get them out. Well, I just put the finish on my desk last night. It looks really good, by the way. Um, and went to get the legs out of the closet and was looking, okay, so I think I could find instructions online. They didn't give me all of the pieces I need. Oh, hmm. man. There's like a cross member that attaches to the desk part that the legs are supposed to hook into. Let me guess. Let me decross. Power supply. Yeah, it did maybe cross. There's like a power supply that's supposed to go to it. It's like they just flipped one of their desks over that they had at the store. So I just said I didn't want the whole desk, which was like $1,800. I just wanted the legs. And they just unbolted the legs and gave them to, sold them to me. Like, come <laughs> on. So I may be returning them and then buying other ones from someplace else or seeing if they can give me the rest of the pieces. It's been like six months, though. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you waited too long. It's like, well, I just wanted them on hand. Yeah, I'm dead. Oh. Mm. Dead. Oh. Pairing mode. Oh. What the heck? <laughs> wow. You have a computer helping you? You got a live <laughs> commenter. Yes. Very live studio audience. Uh, what it's so going to be like when our podcast goes AI. I was going to put legs on the, <laughs> my desk on Saturday morning, but I guess I'm not doing that now. Then you can put arms on it? Yeah. Like a that's good. People are nice. It's oh. like six feet long and like thirty-two inches wide. Oh, so you got feet but no legs. That's weird. Mm. <laughs> no, I got feet and legs. Oh. No bracket. I need a thing that hooks them together. Make like it maybe, but I need the power supply or the controller box that everything plugs into. Yeah, it's harder to make. Probably to make the legs go up and down at the same time, I'm guessing. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, got to do that. Got to find that. It was one that stands, automatically stands up, huh? Makes it into a stand-up desk. It decides when you're going to stand or sit. Uh, (laughs) You push a button and the whole desk raises and lowers. It's not one of those mm, crappy plastic add-on desk things. Those are stupid. So I got into work today, and my coworker shares a cubicle wall with me. It seemed quite a bit taller. <laughs> was he standing on something? Yes, apparently he brought in a little tiny stair stepper thing. Oh, I've seen like balance boards you can get for your desk that you stand on. Yeah, to work on your balance. So, I I said, "You look taller." 
<laughs> Did you get some legwork done? <laughs> he got a lift installed. He went. He went the Gattaca route. No. <laughs> Don't uh, recommend. Yeah. Hello, science, my old friend. We've come to talk of you again. Because this nerdy topic is so neat. People will listen to it on repeat. And the listeners that will listen to the words of engineers will hear the sound of science. All right. Well, this week we're going to talk about some science slash history. I think I'm putting in the Un- science category. Unraveling the mystery. Yep. Unraveling, building a mystery. No, unraveling the mystery. It all started with the Big Bang. Oh, I see what you're going, where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the reason I started researching about our topic, which do you notice how I'm like building suspense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw a meme that people were posting on Facebook that had to do with Pluto. And uh. when... When a particular one of my Facebook friends posted that meme, I decided it was time to mess with him. Mm-hmm. So I commented that Pluto should never have been a planet in the first place. Because it's like 98% off of the equation <laughs> that calculates how far they are? Um, no. Oh. <laughs> I had other reasons for it not being a planet. Um, and we've t- covered this in a previous episode. I don't have the title name or number for you, but I remember we talked about this before. But he he responded with a whole bunch of fact, just facts about Pluto, like its size, how far from the sun it is, what its atmosphere, moons, and all that stuff. And it's just what like, it's doing right now. Yeah, I'm like, did he? That does he quote the qualities of a planet to see if they matched up? No. <laughs> <laughs> so my response was I did I gave the exact same facts for um series. Oh and then bigger? I said I think Pluto's probably bigger. But anyway, I, I I said, you know, they made a mistake at first calling Ceres a planet. Um just like they did with Pluto. So then he said, well, here's my source. He's like, I disagree. Here's my source. And his source is basically talking about how Pluto is a dwarf planet. And I'm like, oh, no, I agree that Pluto is a dwarf planet. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I just think they jumped the gun when they called it a planet back when they did. in 1930. Now, I don't think Mars is a planet. Prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why does well, Mercury get to be a planet? Yeah, it's not fair. So, um, yeah, the, my basic argument for why, you know, it's not a, it shouldn't be considered a major planet because it is a dwarf planet. The corporal. Is um, when they discovered it in 1930, they were looking, actually looking for a different planet. They were looking for a bigger planet. Um, they, they had noticed that Neptune's orbit was a little bit 
off than what they thought it should be. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. they did some math and figured out, hey, that means there should be a you know another planet out there beyond Neptune that's affecting Neptune's orbit. And so they looked, and in 1930 they found Pluto. And so they immediately assumed that Pluto was three times the mass of Earth <laughs> and that this was their planet X they were looking for. Or, you know. Yeah. Um, well, over time, they more information came out and they revised how big they thought it was because then it went down to, well, maybe it's the size of Earth, like Earth mass. Well, <laughs> eventually they figured out that it is way, way, way smaller than the Earth. Um, and they also got better data on Neptune and found out that they, there wasn't anything wrong with the orbit that made it, you know, would require an, a bigger planet to be out beyond it. Oh, so that, you know, kind of dried up and then they started finding other objects <laughs> out there near Pluto that weren't. Pluto's moons. Um, in fact, they found one that was slightly smaller in size, but more massive than Pluto. Oh, interesting. And that's when they were like, well, maybe we should redefine what is a planet. And mm-hmm. so they almost a very similar thing happened back when they discovered Ceres. And because when they found it, they were looking for a planet to be in that area. And so they looked and they found Ceres. Mm. And at first they called it a planet. And are you serious? Then they they started finding more objects in that same orbit, like four or five more. Mm -hmm. And by 1850, there was like 23 planets in the solar system. (laughs) Well, and they're like, you know what? This is getting out of control. We keep finding these small objects between. What am I, Mars a planet now? <laughs> so they Virtual decided. Planetoid. They came up with the term asteroid, and they reclassified all of those objects between Mars and Jupiter's asteroids. And I don't know if they were big, um, a big cry, you know, about people like, oh, I can't believe you demoted Ceres, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you name like them after that today. video game? <laughs> but the so that brings us to the topic that we're going to discuss. Mm. So finally, people, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure where we were going to get there. So in the 18th century, um, astronomers were noticing that the distances between the planets, um kind of followed a a formula. Mm. So basically, um, from the sun to... They took the distance from Uranus and the sun and broke it into 100 pieces. And they noticed that Mercury was four of those, like 4% the distance that Uranus was. Okay. And then <laughs> they found that Venus was 7% mm. and that Earth was 10%. And so the way it worked was basically 
you take four, add three, and then the next planet would be the double of three plus four. So four plus two times three. The next one would be four plus six times three. So the, the second number keeps um, increasing by two. If that makes sense. It's hard to talk about math <laughs> formulas on a podcast, yeah. but basically they were noticing that there was um, every planet was twice as pretty much twice as far as the planet um, closer to the sun than it. Mm-hmm. And using that, they discovered that, hey, there should be a planet between Mars and Jupiter. And so they started looking in that area, and that's how they found Ceres on January 1st, 1801. And so this is called the Tidius Bode Law. And they also used that to find Neptune. Mm. So they were like, according to this, you know, the next theory, planet out. The next planet should be in this location, and then they found Neptune in that location. Oh, pretty That's much. That's cool. <laughs> I don't think you can find Pluto using the equation. That's like too. No, far I think it falls apart with Pluto. Well, and Pluto's orbit is sometimes further out than Neptune, and sometimes closer because it's not very round. Yeah, it's the least round of the. Oh wait, okay, I was off a little bit. It was Saturn, not Uranus, that they took the 100. Mm. Oh. And it was Uranus that they found. They found Uranus uh, with using the... I didn't even know they were looking. Ideas the equations. <laughs> that doesn't bode well yeah. for... But it's... So Neptune doesn't fall into the same pattern. And of course, neither does Pluto. In fact, Pluto is at the spot where the next planet after Uranus should be. <laughs> so they discovered, okay, well, they, this this um, probably is just a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really um, work all the way out. And they've refined some of the, the formulations to make it uh-huh. more um, accurate. And some of those... Some of those also work for the moons of Saturn, Jupiter, and um, Uranus. Oh. So so anyway, the planet that they were trying to find when they found Ceres, um, they called Phaeton. Except for it blew up like a torpedo, so it's not there. A phaeton torpedo. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the reason they named it that was because um, in, I think it was Greek mythology, phaeton was the son of the um, Helios, which was the sun god. And mm. he, he tried to drive Helios's chariot um, and things went badly and he was destroyed by Zeus. <laughs> oh, so the big thing about Phaeton is that they didn't find it, and they just found what we it's... call the asteroids. And so they're like, "Oh, well, it must have, it must have existed at some time in the past, and has since been destroyed by Jupiter." 
That's one of the theories. That's probably why they named it Phaeton, because Jupiter is like the Roman equivalent of Zeus. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the one theory is that, that it got a little too close to Jupiter and was torn apart by Jupiter. Whoa. Um, but it's not really that close to Jupiter. And it only gets close to Jupiter every so often. But anyway... Uh, another theory was that it got hit by another celestial body. Yeah, um, there's always That's why been, Pluto's orbit's so weird. <laughs> well, there's there's been a lot of theories that there's some kind of planet that comes through the solar system and causes havoc every few million years or something, and they <laughs> they've tried to tie it into like um, um, events on Earth, like. What if I can't think of the word? The Macarena. Yeah, it, it, it ties hey, into dances, like the Macarena. And oh, wait, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> um, extinction events. So, mm. And so that was one of their theories was, oh, maybe this thing came in and smacked into Phaeton and destroyed it. Um, there's also a theory that the sun has a companion star called the a Nemesis, called Nemesis. That's, that's a bat brown dwarf. A brown so dwarf. Can't see it. <laughs> that comes through and destroys things, you know. And another other theories are that there was some kind of internal catastrophe that it caused it to explode. A civil war. It's where yeah. humans started. Um yeah. Some people think it was Spock. Mm-hmm. But, but the red matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's interesting that they came up with all these theories about this planet that doesn't exist, but they've, they've since discovered that there is not enough mass in the asteroid belt to make a planet. Oh, unless it's a hollow planet. Oh, what? So uh, the, Prevailing theory now is that it was just leftover bits from the um, accretion disk. So there wasn't enough matter there to come together to build a planet mm. like there were in the other orbits. Well, we could fix that. Yeah. We could put uh, astronauts on series. Or we could just... Uh, we just find a giant snow-covered hill, take Ceres, <laughs> and roll it down until yeah. it gets bigger, and then put oh, it we in. should we use them to bulk it. up Mars. Oh yeah, yes. Have well, because we, we Ceres land it carefully, we'll have ice. it. The tip of it will be outside of Mars's atmosphere, so we can just land on it and then take the escalator down. Oh yeah, the <laughs> Mars escalator. Right. We can combine it with like Eris, which is like. A big body of you could go sledding dwarf planet. <laughs> yeah. Downhill seeing. Some of the planets aren't using their moons for much effect. We could snag some <laughs> of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what does our moon do? Just sits uh, there. Lots oh. of stuff, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty important, actually. Mm. I still think we should get another moon, like a second one. Well, I mean, we have little tiny moons that nobody can see with the bare with the naked eye. 
we should uh, aggregate those. We have a lot of artificial moons or satellites. I was including Randy Boss. What? <laughs> Randy Boss's moon? Oh. That was an artificial moon. It was. <laughs> uh, okay, gotcha. Well, did you guys read anything about this? Yeah, I read the Wikipedia article. It's very oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. It's um, fun when there's like a mystery and people come up with novel things to solve it. And then eventually they either figure out one was right or it's just like, well, most of these are probably wrong, but we don't makes, know for sure. Makes <laughs> me not trust scatter plots very much. <laughs> what are the no, error bars is... on these? Yeah, you didn't get enough points well, to. I mean, you could probably come up with a formula to define any scattered points right, that are somewhat yeah. in a straight line. You can. I mean, I do that in uh, uh, Excel. Yeah, <laughs> all the time. My first thought was, okay, so does this bear out in other solar systems? That's or the thing. They, they, yeah, did they just? Notice, we can't you know, we can't could, identify enough planets in other solar systems to say whether they do or not. Yeah, you could look at for other planets based on different like best fit lines, like your third polynomial planets. Might be all yeah. kinds of those. <laughs> Makes me want to plot it out myself and some of some weird equations. Well, have you looked at the uh, tidiest bode law? Wikipedia page, anybody? Yeah, it's got a lot of equations on there. I like the one that showed the chart that, like, um, it's like radius from Bode's law, and they're like all pretty close as you're close in, and then you get to Pluto, it's like seventy-seven point two. It's like that doesn't match at all, right? And Neptune's thirty-eight. What? What is Pluto even doing? <laughs> well, see, that's that's the other thing about it. Kind of typical a chart. Of, of science, where you get some information, you're able to create a theory based on that information that you have, mm-hmm. and then more information becomes available and causes you to have to update your theory. And so that's kind of what happened with Pluto. You know, mm-hmm. kind of. With the science, technology, and knowledge at the time, we thought that it was, you know, like the other major planets. But then, as time went on and more discoveries were made, we realized, huh, well, maybe it's just we, a poser. Maybe it's not really one well, of the major planets, like and they have to redefine it. Other anthropomorphized Disney characters. This one can't talk. So, <laughs> yeah, it's I not think anthropomorphized. If we like go further. Far enough out, we could probably find a planet and call it Goofy. It was a failed anthropomorphization. Oh, his his uh, it wasn't complete. didn't work. Right. <laughs> it's like Dr. Moreau. Just picture all the Disney characters going through the island of Dr. Moreau to become sentient. <laughs> if you haven't read that book, read that book. It involves I, a bit of the section. I have read it. I haven't. I'll look into it. It's kind of written old timey. It feels like. Mm. It's also kind of interesting how they went about, you know, finding 
these celestial objects. You know, reading about how they did that, and they yeah, they kind of they had to figure out where to look first. Yeah, which is kind of cool because which you, narrows things down a bit. You I would guess. think they would just go, oh, there's a bright thing. Let's look and see what that is. Oh, that's a planet. Yeah, or what they do that's is they the pick, moon. They, when you wish upon a planet, <laughs> nothing happens. Yeah, they take pictures and then compare them. And see if any of the dots moved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> different times. So. Well, once you get out to planets that you can't really see that well with the naked eye, then you have to figure out where to look more than, like Jupiter. You could kind of see it, tell that it's yeah. moving relative to the other stars or Venus yeah. for sure and Mars, but like. Neptune, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, and I guess with Ceres, once they found it, um, they lost track of it because it was on the other side of the sun. It was too uh, dim to see. But they were able the sun? to yeah. reacquire it once it you know, came around again. But, and another thing interesting about Pluto is it in the, the time since we discovered it, it has yet to make a complete circle around the sun. Wow. <laughs> I did not know that. Why not even have orbit? <laughs> oh, that's, visiting. that's nifty. And that's science! <laughs> it was early on one fateful day that Marion did smile and say that she would go and gather wood for the fire. She said she would go all alone. She enjoyed the time spent on her own. So off she went into the woods that fine day. There was such a gentle breeze whispered amongst the forest trees as Marion was thinking well of her life. <coughs> oh my, it sounds like somebody has consumption. I do have consumption. All right, let me switch to my show notes. <laughs> um, so my wife and I watched a couple movies while we were at Mount Rainier. Mm-hmm. Um, we couldn't get the TV to have any channels or anything, but there was a DVD player, and at the office at the lodge, they had three gigantic binders full of DVDs. Oh, cool. Wow. So we picked a couple out, and so we watched Vertical Limit. Oh, mm. I've seen that. Um, it Mountain stars climbing? Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. The guy that was in Batman. Robin. Robin. Yep. 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 He was also from NCIS. Yeah. Oh, is he in that? Yeah, he was a D'Artagnan and the Three Musketeers. It was the NCIS, not in the normal place, but the spinoff one. The one that has LL Cool J. Maybe it's CSI. Oh, LL Cool J's in one of those? Yeah, he's uh, the partner with Robin. Oh. He's the Batman. Ice-T in Mm -hmm. one of those shows, too? He was in um, Law and Order. SUV. When is uh, Snoop going to get on one of those shows? He's hanging out with Martha Stewart too much. Oh, okay. 
They should team I can up. See he that. was in a movie. He was in a uh, vampire movie. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, it's it's laughably dated. Um, bad. Oh, I think I saw it in the theater. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> pretty sure. Um, there's a lot of nitroglycerin involved. Um, oh, people's equipment is constantly failing. Yeah. I live my life one mountain at a time. Yeah. Uh, I I kept waiting for uh, Sylvester Stallone to show up and show him how it's really done. You know? Yeah, or or um, Ace Ventura. <laughs> what mountain climbing movie was Ace Ventura in? The very the beginning nature calls. of Nature Calls. He was reenacting that um, cliffhanger scene. Cliffhanger with scene. a raccoon. Oh, okay. Or the guy that comes, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Said if I, if you were me, then I'd be you. I'd do it with your body. You can't stop me, no matter who you are. (laughs) Which is great. There was also a scene with a helicopter that was trying to chop people up. Whoa! Oh yeah, yeah. Let's use our primary lift method to (laughs) damage people. That shouldn't go poorly. They weren't just a tail. Oh, it was just. They were trying to drop them off at the, on the sledge, but they couldn't get closer to the ledge. Mm. So they were jumping from the helicopter to the, to the ledge, but then the wind was blowing the helicopter around, so the blades kept getting close to where the people were. Oh. <laughs> but anyway. Um, the other sh- movie we watched was Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. That's got mm. Steve Carell in it. And Kira Knightley. But the okay. basic premise is it opens with a with Steve Carell and his wife listening to a news broadcast where they're saying, well, the space shuttle was destroyed. We now have no chance of stopping the asteroid that's going to hit the Earth in three weeks. Whoa. Was it serious? And, no. <laughs> and now here's your classic rock favorites. <laughs> here's Bob with the sports. And so as soon as that happens, his wife gets out of the car and runs off. What? The funny thing is the woman that played his wife is his real real life wife. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but anyway, so everyone on earth has three weeks to live basically. And this guy, Steve Carell finds out that his high school sweetheart was trying to get a hold of him. And so he goes on this journey to go try to, you know, find her and, See if there's anything, you know, any spark left. It's probably the future for above. It was really good, though. Um, Spoilers, everybody dies at the end. (laughs) (laughs) But there was a a lot of humorous parts to it. It wasn't like in real life where all the scientists were wrong? Nope. They ended up being right. (laughs) Tough time for that to start being true. All right. Um, I watched a movie called The Portable Door, which was on Amazon Prime. Isn't a door just a portal? <laughs> kind of. So this was uh, produced by the Jim Henson Company. So there are Henson. Muppets in it? There are some, not really Muppets, but there's some goblins that look very Jim Henson-y. I guess. Um, And it's got, uh, what's his name? Sam Neal. Oh, from from Jurassic Jurassic Park. Park. 
he's in it. Um, it's about this this guy that is looking for a job, and he ends up getting hired at this place that he has no idea what the place does. Um, oh. But the owner of the company um, commissions him to try to find his door that he lost. So apparently he's got a door that you can step through it into any place any place in the world that you want to go. Whoa. Uh, but he's lost the door, and so he wants mm. this guy to try to find it. And My door so, does that as long as I want to be the, any place in the world to be outside of this room. <laughs> <laughs> and then hijinks ensue. Those are better um, than low jinks. No one wants those. It's a it's a family friendly movie, so you can feel safe watching it with little tykes. I don't have any of those. No, nope. we'll have to rent them. <laughs> you rent tykes? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I read a book that has not the exact same concept, but it's called The Lost <laughs> Gate. <laughs> it also involves. You know, things that you can step through and go other places. Like um, a Star Trek episode? Um, a mock time? Is that what it was? No. That's the one where Spock <laughs> thinks he kills Kirk. Oh, that one. What's the one where there's a portal? Um, where Bones accidentally injects himself with something. All or yesteryears. And goes through that gate into like... 1930s America. Yeah, that one. Time Portal. Yeah. Anyway, The Lost Gate is by Orson Scott Card. You know, the guy that wrote The Ender's Game and those books. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a pretty well-developed fantasy world. Um, the basic concept is that all of the supernatural things um, that have been reported throughout history were um, actually linked back to these uh, magical families that at one time posed as gods of the different civilizations in ancient times. Um, But some of their magic was lost, hence the lost gate. Um, Different people have different kind of magic affinities. And there's one type of mage that is a gate mage. Basically, he can create a gate and go through it and end up anywhere he wants to. <laughs> and he can set these gates up so that anyone can use them, or he can set them up so only he can use them. And anyway, this kid that's part of one of these families um, discovers that he's got this ability. And the problem is, there's kind of a treaty or detente among all these different families that um, anyone that has a gate mage would have a a lot of um, you know would be the power balance would be off because they'd have way more power than the other families Mm. because one of the things with the gate is if you gate back to the planet that they originally came from your abilities increase. And so oh. if, if your family had a gate mage and other families didn't, you'd be able to gate people, th- go, have people go through the gates and increase in power till they were 
strong enough to destroy the other families. And so part of this treaty was if anyone discovers a gate mage in their family, they must kill him immediately. Whoa. <laughs> and so this kid doesn't want to be one of those statistics, so he leaves home. And a lot of it is about him discovering his powers and um, how best to use them. There's a lot of ways that he figures out that are not the best way to use them. At least Does as, he use them to as... chop people in half? Um, <laughs> no. You can't oh. really chop people in half with it, unfortunately. Lame. <laughs> but you can trap somebody halfway in and out so that they can't move. <laughs> oh, that doesn't chop them in half? No, because they're That's still... Yeah. The other thing with the gates is when you go through it, you're healed of any injuries. Oh, that's handy. helpful. It does come in handy quite a few times. It's like a long <laughs> rest. Yeah. Uh, but it was a pretty quick read. I read it in like just a week. So um, I, I think that there's follow-on books. I think there's two or three books in the series so far. But it's good. That's my consumption. Cool. I watched the next Batman movie called Batman. (laughs) (laughs) From 1989, done by Tim Burton. Starring Michael Keaton and Jack. I know that one. And also Kim Basinger is in it. Uh, Yeah, so Batman in this one, there's a... Basically, this criminal ma- dude that's the head of this big mob, mafia-type organization. And, the yeah, there's one of his henchmen is Jack Nicholson. He ends up becoming the Joker and taking yeah. over and wreaking havoc, and Batman has to stop him. Uh, was, is that the one where he goes, this town needs an enema or something like that? Uh, I think so. It was rather a little bit more silly than I was expecting. I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. Yeah. And I just remembered it being like more dark and serious, but it really wasn't as well, dark compared and serious. to the 60s Batman. Yeah, compared to that one for sure, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's good, it's decent. Um, yeah. Uh, and then we watched the first season of Good Omens, which hmm. is based on a Neil Gaiman book. Yes. Yeah. And it stars. Uh. David Tennant. David Tennant and Michael Sheen. Who are both very good. So David Tennant plays a demon and Michael Sheen plays an angel. But they are friends. They've been friends since like the Garden of Eden times. And they, you know, the angel's supposed to be out doing good and the demon's supposed to be out doing evil. But they're like, they figure out we're just canceling each other out. Why don't we just, just hang out. <laughs> not do anything? And then the same result will happen. So that's pretty much what they're doing. But then 
uh, they're supposed to be getting ready for the for Armageddon to happen. And they decide they don't want it to happen because they kind of like the world and want want it con- to continue, not be destroyed. So they're actively trying to prevent the Antichrist from, you know, destroying humanity. And it's pretty funny and interesting. There's a lot of Queen songs in the soundtrack, if I remember. There right. are, yes. Yep. That's cool. That's yeah, I I liked it. We're going to start the next season probably next week. And it's on Amazon? It is. I'll have to check that out. So I watched a movie I'd watched before, but I watched it again with my son who had not seen it, and it was really good a second time, and it's called Spencer Confidential. And it has mm-hmm. Marky Mark. Um, he's really good in it. It's really funny. Um. Basically, he's a disgraced cop that goes to prison for five years for beating up a police captain. Isn't it based on a TV series from the 70s or something? I have no idea. But he goes to confront his captain about something else and finds him or walks into his house and sees the captain's wife has a black eye and there's broken glass all the floor. So he throws him out of the house and then beats him almost to death. With his fists, and that makes him go to prison for five years. Well, when he breaks out, stuff starts happening, and he gets pulled in because he's too nice of a guy that can't mind his own business, according to all his friends. So he gets involved in this big police conspiracy and solves the problem and saves the day. Usually with his fists and getting punched (laughs) a lot. Oh, it's, it's based on this TV show, Spencer for Hire. Oh, is it? Yeah. I remember that show. Which, I don't know if you remember Avery Brooks being in that. Avery Brooks is the guy that plays Cisco in Deep Space Nine. Oh. I'll have to look up that show and see if I can find it. (laughs) Anyway, it's a good movie. Um, And then I finally saw Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Oh, yeah. It's probably my Second favorite Guardians of the Galaxy movie <laughs> behind the first one. <laughs> okay. You um, were big on ego. No. <laughs> I don't know. It was interesting. It was funny. It had some good parts <laughs> in it. It was kind of emo Star Lord a little bit. Mm. He was sad because his girlfriend didn't remember him. Yeah, um, that can sometimes happen. It was fun. And then I watched Pulp Fiction. So I was looking for something to watch mm-hmm. and I hadn't seen that in a while. Mm-hmm. It'd been long enough I didn't remember. I remembered all the characters. I didn't remember all the stuff that happened to them. Um, it was also good. I would recommend that one as well. Um, it kind of jumps back and forth in the life of like some hitmen and a boxer and. Pretty much involves those guys, but it's very fun and entertaining. And it's a Quentin Tarantino movie, so he's in it, um, mm-hmm. which is fun. And that's it. You have one more thing on there. Oh, yeah. How did I forget <laughs> that? 
Um, I've seen the first three episodes of Ahsoka. Ah, Star Wars. Star Wars TV show. Um, It's the one where they're trying to get rid of all the male Jedi. (laughs) I guess. Because they're all dead. I was like, oh, they're just writing all the guys out of the... There's one old male Jedi, but he's no longer really a Jedi. Um, But everyone else... I guess they're coming true with what's her name? What was what's the producer of Star Wars now? Kathleen Kennedy. When she came out when they're releasing all the new shows and said the the force is female or something. Um, but it's got pretty good action in it. I'm enjoying it so far. Um, there's a part where I thought immediately of Qui-Gon. Um, and how Qui-Gon might have a problem with the person surviving what happens to them. But <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, it shows somebody getting uh, impaled with something. And then later you see where the scar is. You're like, that's not mm. where they got stabbed. I don't oh. think so. <laughs> yes, if you got stabbed there, it'd probably be survivable. But maybe not where it showed them getting stabbed. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but maybe he just goes through a gate, he can heal himself. Mm. Oh, that's true. Um <laughs> So for the last time I was trying to watch it, it would go for like three minutes last episode, and then my internet was pausing, and it was I think my kids were using my computer to play a game with somebody a long distance through Skype or something, or whatever the kids use for playing games with their friends over distance. So I was having problems. Which is really frustrating when you watch three minutes and then it like waits for like three minutes and it starts again for three minutes. Yeah, I don't know that that's feasible. Um, Yeah, but I think the premise of this show is it follows Ahsoka, obviously, and they're trying to find um, a character from the Rebels TV show that disappeared at the same time as this big bad. Empire um, Admiral, Admiral Zahn, I think. Whatever. They disappeared together, so I think that they they just ended up in the faraway galaxy, so they're trying to, someone's trying to, bad guys are trying to find a way to get to them so they can get Admiral, oh, Admiral Thrawn, I think. And then Ahsoka's trying to get there at the same time because she thinks she can rescue, I think Ezra was the, Jedi kid's name that disappeared sacrificed himself to get rid of Thrawn. So we'll see how it goes. So far, I like it better than um, Obi Wan and better than <laughs> uh, what's the other one, Boba Fett. But it's not as good as the Mandalorian. Um, it's interesting to see characters from a cartoon brought to life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which cartoon is she from? Ahsoka, she's yeah. from the Clone Wars. She was Anakin's um, Padawan. Okay. In the Clone Wars, she actually left the Jedi Order before Order sixty six. So um, she's not really a Jedi, but she kind of adheres to a modified Jedi thing. But she's trying to teach a non Force sensitive person to use the to be a Jedi, basically. She says the force is in everyone. It, it does take talent for people to use the force to the maximum extent, but 
she thinks that with proper training and discipline that anyone can gain enough power from the force maybe to get by do it back as a jedi maybe (laughs) but it's funny seeing someone with lots of force powers you know ahsoka trying to train a non-force sensitive mandalorian girl but it's good. There's a, I think David Tennant is in it as a a, a droid. Uh-huh. He's like Ahsoka's droid, and he's seems like he's an old Jedi Temple droid. So he like is constantly quoting things about you know the way Jedi's do things, and he flat out tells Ahsoka's a Padawan that she's not Jedi material, which is like the worst worst user he's ever seen. Does he ever say timey wimey? Uh, he has not yet, yeah. unless he did it when I was frustrated waiting for it to breathe. <laughs> it felt like the old Netflix, you know, where you'd spool up and you'd go so do something else for 15 minutes and come back. But nothing now lets you do that. You can't pause it and have it gain anything. Buffer. There's no buffering anymore. Uh, yeah. That kind of works with Amazon Music when I'm having trouble streaming. Does it? Yeah. But most things now just try to stream nonstop, and so I always get bad quality video and then it fixes mm. itself for a little bit and then goes bad like this mm. is really annoying i'm going to start buying dvds again and blu-rays <laughs> and just watch stuff on those so i'm sick of it seems reasonable Does anybody have any nerd cred? Yes, I I think talked last week about a D&D game I ran. Where somebody came out of town. Sounds like Master you. Master Zed and Charlie. Yeah. Um, continuing a game that um, St. Jimmy was involved with a couple of years ago. So the guy from out of town, he ended up talking everyone into doing one more session. So that was on Monday. Um, so it was fun. We would been at a different person's house and had loaded potatoes, baked potatoes, I think. Uh, what were they it was, loaded with? Oh, I'm just kidding. Let's say I put steak and bacon oh, and um, what else did I put on there? I don't remember all the stuff I put on there. Mushrooms, I think. Cheese. Maybe some other stuff. I don't remember exactly. But the game was really fun. Um, in the last game, they found a goblin follower, and we were going to have one extra person, so I just made a character sheet for the goblin. Goblin's name was Snail. Um, a rogue. And the new person played Snail, which was fun. Um, they didn't get as far as I thought they might. And at one point, there was a fight with a what's called a helmed horror, which is like an animated suit of armor. 
It's got a really high armor class and does a lot of damage. And it basically is attacking the person that's holding this crystal that is controlling it, which Master Zed had control of or had the crystal. And it only had eyes for him. But he didn't want to give it up because he liked the crystal. But he knew <laughs> eventually it was like, everyone's like, come on, you just need to destroy it because we think that. Oh, and uh, Charlie at one point went into a room that had books. She's like, I want to look and see if there's something that tells me what's happening with this suit of armor thing. It's like, okay, roll for investigation. She rolled a 20. Yeah. Oh. So she found the instruction book for how it worked. Wow. So even after that, he didn't want to give it up. So they finally <laughs> did talk him into destroying the crystal, which made the suit of armor fall apart. Um. But then he picked up part of the crystal and the shield lit up and he's able to take that and give him a magic shield. But it had other things also light up, like the Helmed Horror's helmet is also kind of lit up and one of the characters put it on and um, one of the players put it on. And I told him he eventually had a, a voice in the back of his head telling him how nice that crystal looked and he should go take it and kill mm -hmm. um, Master Zed's character. Nice. So eventually he doffed the helmet <laughs> and they moved on. Um, they did not get to the last thing to stop the bad guys ritual from bringing out some ancient evil. Um, they're taking a long rest currently for another two years, I guess. <laughs> it's really long. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's funny because we started like the last one and just had two new characters show up. Like, I'm currently writing the. Uh, this is part of the nerd credit. I'm currently writing the narrative of the story, so I don't mm -hmm. forget like last time. Just uh, trying to recreate with barely any anything from the last game was difficult. Yeah, I don't have the greatest memory from two years ago. So, <laughs> so we did get a Facebook comment. Yeah, from Rob Hancock. Uh, did we talk about someone breaking a collarbone last week? Yeah, we were on a river float. I told the story of a lady that the day before she was to give birth broke her collarbone. Oh, that's right. Yep. Okay. Well, he <laughs> says, talking of broken collarbones, he was out jogging at Easter in a local park and collided with a dog and went down pretty heavily. Thought he was just winded, but then later could tell his shoulder didn't look right, so went to the hospital. And had a broken collarbone and nine fractured ribs. <laughs> what Ouch. kind of dog was this? A Hades hound? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but he spent three days in the hospital. I hope it was like a chihuahua or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a uh, miniature toy dog. Like an Irish wolfhound <laughs> or something large. Mastiff. So my old dog, Ruby, we were out on the farm a group of us and we were in this area that had just like thigh high weeds. It's like grassy type stuff. We were walking through and she was, the dog was just out running around and she couldn't see where we were. And she just bowled into the backs of my legs <laughs> and sent me, you know, a Kimbo, but we were both fine. Good. Yeah. So thanks for the comment, Rob. If you guys listening, send us comments. We will read it on the podcast. Yeah. And if you want to know, uh, if you want to tell us 
about your collision with a dog, send an email to enginenerdyshow at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Just search for Enginerdy Show and check out our website, theenginenerdyshow.com. The, they, we have hoodies up there just in time for fall to start. Mm-mm. Or if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, just in time for spring. <laughs> Thank you for listening this week. Stay nerdy. Live long and nerdy. You have been and always shall be my friends. You know me so you can't just say bizarre. You never get a moment for free. Show me something fun on your guitar. Something with an A or a G. Just be sure that I can tell it. Just be sure that I can tell it again. Most guitars are made of trees. With some L for the strings And some frets and tuny things Most guitars are made of trees Most guitars are made of trees People play them while they sing Some are dull and some just ring Most guitars are made of trees You know me so you've seen it all before at me stuck in a tree Trying to hold a thought you can't ignore Something multiplied by a three Just be sure that I can tell it Just be sure that I can tell it again So next time we get a comment, maybe you should translate into Klingon and read it. Um, love it. Most guitars are made of trees With some L for the strings And some frets and tuny things most guitars are made of trees. Most guitars are made of trees. People play them while they sing. Some are dull and some just ring. Most guitars are made of trees. song most guitars are made of trees is by greg gibbs okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.